Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Hunter's Quest podcast. It's been a minute. Um, I think it's only been like one week that I missed, but uh, feels like it's been a while. Um, so good to be with you guys as always. Today, um, I have a really special podcast that I'm like really excited about. Um, I want to go back and listen to it actually this week. Um, it's uh, pretty unique. So just recently, um, I went over to Maryland to do a little family waterfowl hunt with my dad, uh, my uncle Kevin, and my cousin Chad. And me and my cousin Chad, who you may have heard on previous episodes, uh, we both brought our boys. So um, it was really cool to have the whole family together. And as I mentioned in the episode, there's a picture right over here in my office um, of myself, my dad, um, my cousin Chad, and his dad, Uncle Kevin, and our Kevin's uh, granddad, which is also kind of like my granddad, technically a great uncle, but, um, and we're like, myself and Chad are about the age of our boys now in that picture, and our dads are about the age that we are now, um, so it's it's really cool to have that kind of full circle thing, so I thought it'd be a great opportunity for a podcast, and we talk about kind of uh, our dads and their hunting history and and how and why they got us into hunting and then kind of bring it full circle to um, I get Chad's take on our elk hunt we did together this year. And um, it's also really cool because Chad, like you'll hear in the episode, he's been with me on like a lot of really big hunting and like life milestones. Uh, like my first ever experience deer hunting, like we were on a public land bow hunt in the LBL in Kentucky he was with me on my first like uh, camping hunt here on public land in Virginia. Um, a lot of firsts. And uh, then to be with me on my first ever elk hunt and, and share that together was super cool. So this is a really unique, uh, interesting conversation, kind of shed some more light on my background, my family history and hunting. And also we talk a lot about getting kids involved in the outdoors and and talk a little bit about this elk hunt. So really cool episode, very fun conversation um, with the family. I hope you guys enjoy it. I think you will. Um, so a couple things I want to mention, um, you know, like I said, it's been a while. I've been out on the road. I went to West Texas and did an Audad hunt, which is awesome. If you haven't seen, I put a picture and a really cool reel on my Instagram. <laughs> Another situation where I had to do a follow-up shot on the thing and, and I... And I shot it like 20 feet running full speed. So it's kind of a cool reel. So check that out on my Instagram at the Hunter's Quest. Uh, but anyway, and then went straight from there to the expo in Salt Lake City. If you haven't been, I highly recommend it. But it was awesome spending a few days there just getting to uh, talk to just a lot of friends and folks in the industry. Um, it's a great, always a great time. Um, so check out all that stuff on social um and uh you know i do want to mention to you guys real quick because when i was there i got a chance to go over to the black ovis slash camo fire headquarters and they are a awesome partner of mine they're a big supporter and they're a um really legit uh retailer that you know how they have a great gear shop of curated gear i've been using black ovis for years and camo fire when i first got started um if you don't know black ovis is just kind of a, a normal like curated retail gear shop with a lot of solid uh gear in there that's you know tested and vetted and used by awesome hunters like i know josh kirchner also dialed in hunter a buddy of mine he works with them as well uh dan from elk shape works with them so um it's very legit and then camo fire um is part of black o's as well if you haven't seen it 
um, it's really cool. It's like a flash sale kind of website. So you go on there and every single day it updates with new sales. And I know like right now I'm recording this, it's Saturday and they have a thing they do called like Sitka Saturday. So literally on here, there's probably, geez, I don't know, 50 to 60 different items, all Sitka. Um, and there's more stuff too, not just Sitka, but today is Sitka Saturday. So tons of uh, Sitka stuff and it's all like 20, 25, 29, 30, 36% off couple items are even like 80% off, like some hats and stuff. Um, so definitely go check it out. It's um, a great deal and a lot of really good stuff. Here's a pair of uh, grinder pants for 50% off. Um, definitely go check it out, camofire.com. They also have an app. Really great opportunity to get some awesome gear at like deep discounts, especially this time of year. If you're gearing up for next year, definitely go check out camofire. Um, lastly, uh, I want to say thanks to my other uh, partners, Loophole Optics, Barnes Bullets, um, and uh, let's see, um, who am I missing? Onyx Hunt, um, and hopefully adding a few more to that list here coming up soon, Seekins Precision. I want to say thanks to those guys. Please support them if you can. Um, and lastly, you know, I just want to ask you, if you haven't yet, please go ahead and go to my YouTube channel and subscribe. That's a huge way you can help me out for free. Uh, just search my name, Hunter McWaters, or The Hunter's Quest. There's also an A Hunter's Quest on there, so just make sure you got The Hunter's Quest. Follow me on Instagram at The Hunter's Quest, and if you can leave me a written rating and review on Apple Podcasts, that's also huge. So, anyway, that's enough for me. Check out Camo Fire, see what's on sale today. Grab some awesome gear. Um, and uh, hope you guys enjoy this podcast that I'm doing today with uh, the family. It's a really cool one. Let me know what you think and uh, hope you guys have a great day. All right, guys, welcome to the Hunter's Quest podcast. This is your host, Hunter McWaters. I'm joined by my family today. It's pretty cool. Got my uncle Kevin here, technically my cousin, but basically an uncle. My dad, Jeff, and cousin Chad. You guys know cousin Chad. <laughs> Many a stories. <laughs> yeah. Many a stories by now. Chad was on the elk hunt. I just got back off in New Mexico with me, and he's been there with me on tons of big like milestones, I guess, hunting-wise and just life. And... um so I thought it'd be fun to do a podcast because we're up here taking our boys hunting with our dads. We're at my dad's place. I'll have him tell you about it a little bit. But um, the I have a picture in uh, the studio at home. It's Uncle Jim, you guys, and us. We are very close to the age of our boys now. And you guys are, this was 25 years ago, approximately. So I think you guys are close to our age now in that picture. Yeah. And, and we don't get together a whole lot, but when we do, we have a good time. And so... I just thought it'd be cool to have a conversation. Yeah, great idea. So tell us a little bit about where we're at, Dad. We were on the eastern shore of Maryland um, by helicopter, 36 miles from the White House, but we couldn't be any farther away from yeah. Washington, D.C. and the beautiful eastern shore. We are um, on a branch of the Top Tank River and uh, about three miles from Tillman Island. Okay. So this area is famous, if you guys don't know, famous for waterfowl. And so you guys um, grew up. Tell us a little bit about like how you guys grew up hunting and stuff. Okay, we were born and raised in Kentucky, Paducah, Kentucky, western tip of the state. 
And we were really blessed to have two major lakes there. We have Tennessee River and the Cumberland River, which they developed in Kentucky Lake and Barkley Lake. So about 25 miles from our house, we had that beautiful land between the lakes there for camping, hunting. The LBL. Uh, the LBL, that's right. And then the two lakes for fishing. And my father uh, was... That's the other guy in the picture, Uncle Jim, who was also like a second grandfather to me. You yeah. guys all and him played a huge part in me getting into what I'm doing now. So anyway, sorry. Yeah, he, he just was very instrumental on uh, born and raised in Madisonville, Louisiana. So Cajun. Cajun, yeah. So he had a lot of of that, um, I guess, exploring and, and outdoorsmanship in him. Also a World War II vet from the Pacific, yeah. which is, he was a yeah. character. And he passed that along. Matter of fact, as we grew up, uh, and got old enough to hunt and fish and, and, you know, trail with him through some of that, he would take us. And, and that's where I think our love, a majority of it, and I know mine did, came from the experiences that my dad actually, ex, you know, ex, I experienced through him. Yeah. And, uh, and, of course, Jeff has been like a brother to me all of my life. And he came along with me. Of course, they'd say, you know, we're going camping this weekend or we're going to go hunting or whatever. And I'd say, can Jeff go with me? <laughs> and, and my dad, of course, would say yes or mom. And we'd grab my Jeff and we would all head out. And he was a big part of our family growing up, too. And so we got to experience a lot of that yeah. as children tell, growing up. Tell the story when you first met him, Dad, and they had Cousin Jimmy Treed. <laughs> <laughs> you know how cousins are and brothers are and we had a uh kevin had an older brother jimmy what four maybe three years older and uh you know we were just boys you know we there was no internet there were no computers there were no phones no distractions yeah. we were fighting wrestling throwing breaking almost killing each other shooting stabbing bb guns knives <laughs> Happening. That's that's true. They actually stabbed each other. Yeah, suddenly thrown in there. Somebody got burned one time with uh, something. But anyway, uh, it's boy growing growing up, all American uh, guys, I guess, uh, and really enjoyed that all American fun lifestyle. And what we yeah. tried to do, my dad, for example, great great dad, great mom, but my dad never had a gun, never hunted in his life, and uh, so we just uh, you know kind of hit hit it off well together. I think we, what we try to do is best we could, busy with business and things like that, get these two characters involved. Uh, ages being very close. How, how close are you guys in age? Three years, right? Three or four? Yeah. yeah. And uh, they've had many of the same experiences um, yeah. as yeah. Kevin and I have had. Uh, his name is Kevin. We all call him Chad. So uh, we're going to call you Chad here, I guess, today. And uh, Chad and Hunter have had uh, a lot of the same experiences in some of the same places we've had. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that, that hunt that we were on, that trip, that camping trip I was talking to earlier at the picture, um, that was the first time I ever deer hunted. And we were bow hunting. So I remember you, it was like super cool. You took me to the, um, what's that sporting goods store out there? Do you remember which one it was? In the Virginia Beach area? No, no, in Paducah. Yeah, I think it was Duns. Duns, yeah. Okay, he took me to Duns, got me set up with a browning compound bow, got that thing sighted in, and then we went to the LBL, and that was we were bow hunting, and that was the first time I deer hunted and the first time I public land hunted. Mm -hmm. And we camped too, right? Yeah, Up at Craven's Bay. Yeah. 
Yeah, Craven's Bay. What a beautiful place. Land between lakes. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I just thought it was kind of cool. And then me and Chad. So then, uh, I guess there's probably been other things we've done together. But then, uh, when I kind of got into Western hunting. I put together a trip and we all went out and that was the first time I'd kind of led a Western hunting trip. And it was just an antelope hunt, awesome hunt in Wyoming. Um, and we went out and me and Chad both got antelope and then he came with us on this elk hunt. So it's kind of just full circle. Yeah. My dad uh, was big into archery. That was another thing oh, that yeah, kind of got us started. In early was, days of archery, too. Yeah. He was uh, instrumental in getting a bow hunting, the first bow hunting club called Chief Paduke uh, Archery Club there in Paducah, Kentucky. And um, back then they had not flooded the Cumberland River part of the land between the lakes yet. And so it was just wild open bottoms. Kentucky there Woodlands. Cumberland. Kentucky yeah, Woodlands. Kentucky Woodlands. And my dad was fortunate enough to go up there with a lemon wood bow and take a albino fallow deer. Yes. They had stocked fallow deer in that area at that time. And I hate I to say I tell the story it, all the time. Go ahead. It, it kind of ruined him. Uh, bless his heart. It kind of ruined him because after he took that, it was kind of like he had lost a little bit of interest in, in the bow hunting. I guess he was thinking, I've, I've achieved the best I can achieve around <laughs> here. But although he did stay with us enough to go with us and see us through the archery years yeah. and uh but and wasn't we, fred bear actually in town hunting that deer yes fred bear had come into town there's this famous huge white fallow buck spotted up there yes the albino and uncle uh-huh. jim got it i have a, got, the picture i have a newspaper clipping yeah. of him and aunt betty holding the thing that was in the paper yeah um on my phone but uh so uncle jim really started the whole kind of hunting tradition i guess in this part of the family anyway well he, the, the archery part which we grew up with archery and we still it's our it's a very big part of our lives and uh yeah you shot a buck this year right with your i still deer hunt deer yeah. uh you know um deer hunting turkey hunting are my two passions basically i love to, to waterfowl hunt I, and i come up here and jeff and i as teenagers probably you know i'll go back to say in our high school days, we were probably, we've talked about this before, yeah. we were probably two of hundreds that actually hunted and fished and utilized the outdoors. Kids our age and, and, and young men our age back in, in the uh, 60s and early 70s, that just wasn't that popular oh, thing to do. No, there wasn't. Wasn't many other And so, you know, Jeff and I, we, pretty much hung together because it was really kind of hard getting some of our other friends involved. Um, we even had coaches and elderly men that we would end up taking them waterfowl hunting and right. sometimes deer hunting, yeah. Uh, yeah. call for them. Uh, so we, and at you a young did age. some guiding, right? We did. We and called. We paid for our shells and our car gas and everything yeah. by guiding. Our girlfriends. Yeah, <laughs> taking our dates out, yeah, yeah, dinners and all. With tips from guiding at very young ages. Yeah. I started uh, my first waterfowl hunt, I was 16. and was that, uh, the Uncle Jim and Kevin? No, actually, uh, Uncle Jim, while he was a great hunter, was uh, just moderate at waterfowl. Yeah. You know, didn't have all the boats and stuff, eventually did. Big game more than anything Yeah, else. and he, he even took a big uh, game hunt out west. You might talk about that in a minute. Elk, right? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, 16 years old, got my Corvair through my 12-year-old brother in the car, drove about 25 miles towards the Mississippi River to Ballard County, Kentucky, and some of the folks that may have uh, over the years waterfowl hunted, many have hunted the Ballard County area, uh, and uh, got with an outfitter and for uh, uh, $5 for me, $5 for my brother for a half a day, uh, and the guy invited us back and you know, thought I, uh, he had taught me how to call, uh, Ken Martin call, which we use some of those calls today. And taught your eleven-year-old son. That's right, yeah, he was doing um, good. Gabe, my uh, my eleven-year-old son. He he was learning uh, how to blow a goose call today for the first time. Got a on few Uncle Jim's old call on my grandfather's um, yeah. old Antique. Ken Martin call. It sounded great. It sounded fantastic, yeah. and he just he got birds to respond today. He was really proud. Yeah. That was cool. Um, at at dinner when we were talking about it, he said that was his favorite part of the day. So that's the, we haven't talked as much about the grandkids, uh, obviously. Yeah, we can get we can get there. Your son is here today as well, yep. uh, Leon and and Gabe and uh, but the fun thing is the beautiful thing is the thing we're blessed about is that uh, we got involved in hunting as a family tradition, a little bit of an obsession in some ways because pretty much every weekend from squirrel season. You know, the dove season on through the bow season. You guys season, bow hunted deer season. hard, too. We did. and the, But never any success. I mean, it was, like, tough back then. Wasn't Limited like- success. You know, the bows had no sights. The arrows were no. Port Arthur cedar arrows that were twisted. Cedar arrows that broad the heads flight were crazy. of the arrow back Probably the first would. tree stands anybody ever had. Right. About killed us. Those Baker. They were called Baker. Baker tree stands. But we about died. So the arrow, the Zwicky. Were those the uh, brought the arrow tips, the yeah, uh, broadheads? I think we were the using The thing bear. about it back then too was we didn't have turkey uh, in our region. We, the populations we, are probably way we, lower, weren't they? Missouri. We worked out a trade through the fishing game with Missouri and finally got turkey brought in. The deer population up at the lake, they were trying to get that established, but you know, back thirty years ago or even longer, forty years ago. The populations aren't like they are now. They were yes. starting to nurture them at that point in time and build them up. So we would spend many of day out in the woods that would wind up just, you know, brokenhearted and, and yeah. nothing but stories to tell about chipmunks and squirrels. Deer and, used to be a lot more rare they, than they are now. But we loved it. That never stopped us. I mean, we had a passion for the out of doors. And yep. when we got old enough to break away from our parents and go on our own, well, as a matter of fact, I'm going to tell this on Jeff. He wasn't even <laughs> old enough to drive yet, but we got his Corvair and got up to the lake. I think he was 15 years old. <laughs> and we camped out in the dead of winter in a tent. Right after Christmas. With about four inches of snow and bow hunted. And he had his car up there, his parent, one of his parents' cars at the time, to get us back and forth to our deer hunting spot. <laughs> But that's how much of a passion we had yeah. for it. Weren't you responsible for buying the boots for that trip? I think oh, I think boy. he got you a good pair. What did he get you? Yeah, Northern boots happened. To, they were on sale, yeah, so he I got me a brand him. new I, pair of great Northern I see Northern a boots. Running with boots. Oh, chandeliers and boots. Don't trust <laughs> oh, the chandeliers. Yeah. Maybe and boots. he got the boot wits, and I didn't. <laughs> Because yeah, Chad's just said, blew up a pair of boots in New Mexico a couple yeah, weeks ago. I said, uh, I've got these Northerners on sale. I already had a pair. I said, do you want me to grab you a pair for this coming hunt? He said, yes, grab them. So I did. And like I said, really good price on them. And um, so we get up to the lake. And it was 
land between lakes, and it was four inches of snow Howling on the ground. Howling wind. Cold, cold. And we come back from making our first morning hunt, and we get ready to get in the tent, and Jeff said, my feet are killing me. They're froze off. My feet are froze. I said, well, man, mine are warm. I said, these northerner boots. I said, they're, I don't know what's going on. So we kick our boots off to go inside, and I take mine off, and mine stand up high and firm, and he kicks his off. His just flop over. Galoshes. Come to find no out. No insulation. I didn't. Yeah, that's right. I got him not insulated. Oh, my gosh. And his feet, but... Anyway, that's mm-hmm. just kind of some of the stuff that we went through, and but you we know, laugh about it till this day. A it's, lot of fun we had too, even though we couldn't do a lot of big game hunting. Uh, is outdoor life, field and stream, and what was the third one? Sports and field. Sports and field. We read those books cover to cover. We would uh, set up an old Coleman lantern, mm-hmm. throw it up, throw a rope up in the tree, pull a Coleman lantern up, sit out there on the picnic table, hunting or whatever, and just read those stories and those uh, great magazines cover to cover and constantly talking about, you know, um, and, hey, it went on to bass fishing too. We we met Bill Dance back in the day, and bass fishing was a very big thing in Kentucky and Barkley Lake. Yeah, so the outdoors has always been just everything we could – try to do or figure out if we were big enough to do, we tried to do it. Something that I always find amazing – is that so obviously dad dad deer western big game deer western big game you gravitated more towards waterfowl Mm -hmm. and you gravitated more towards the deer hunting and i gravitate more towards waterfowl i i really and so i just find it interesting that we've all been imprinted with with different stages yeah, and the impacts funny. and memories. And um, one of my fondest memories in hunts is I was middle school or early high school in Walden's Lodge in Ballard County. Whenever we, we all came, came to town, it was a goose hunt. <laughs> and the and, funny thing is, is we barely even saw a goose. <laughs> but, but that hunt one was best, one yeah. of my most memorable know, and imprinted yeah. on me because it was all of us together, I guess. For like a week. For like, Yeah. And just the good times and the memories, yeah. and and I don't think we remember. I dropped my gun in the blind. And Dad <laughs> dropped an f bomb. <laughs> we were in a cement Woo! cement uh, pit. No, it was a septic tank. Septic wasn't tanks, it? yeah. And mm-hmm. I dropped my brand new Benelli Super Black Eagle, which is the same gun I shot today, by the way, that I got in high school. Dropped it in there, you know, loaded, of course, and accidentally, anyway. of course. Yeah, but th- yeah, of course, but um. Yeah, that was fun. Man, the process. Yeah, process. Yeah. And then you sky busted yeah. that one goose, and uh, the, before oh, the guy snurred. told you to shoot, <laughs> snurred. You know, he just yeah, snurred. Kept talking and jawing, and the whole time, great guy. That's I our mean, guy. You cook was cooking in the blind for yeah. us and everything. George Foreman Grill. Yeah, the only time he shut up and got real quiet. Was whenever he was angry after I jumped up and tried yeah. sky busting that one, and he didn't give me the go ahead yeah. on the call. So he got real quiet after that. He did not like that. That was funny. But see, I think that's just another thing that we're bringing out here is that we always don't have to be successful. Yeah. But it's the memories that it has brought along in mm-hmm. our lives, and uh, in the generations, Jeff and I, then through you two, as we brought you all with us, and now your sons, our grandsons, and uh, that's just that's a part of it. And yeah. maybe even your granddaughters, you never know. I know yeah. 
both have young daughters that seem to be very interested in the outdoors. We haven't. Uh, Niaz would definitely come hunting mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, so we're talking now four generations of hunters, although your dad's father hunted, I think, and trapped in Louisiana. That was so a lifestyle. Yeah. It could be five generations, you know, who knows after that. I know uh, our grandfather had a side-by-side shotgun and bird hunted a lot, lived on a farm. Yeah. Both, we had a couple grandfathers like that. So anyway, uh, it's a neat, it's a neat, it's still a very wonderful generational sport. Uh, and it's still very doable in America and reasonably affordable. Most of the hunts, Hunter, you've been able to go on or yeah, public land. yourself hunts and public land. And so if anybody's watching this, that, uh, you know, doesn't have a huge history of hunting, uh, you can create it. <laughs> yeah. You can create it pretty easy uh, with some work. I'm not going to say hunting's easy, but uh, with some work you can create But a, you can get out there tradition. and you can learn and try and figure it out, you know. That's right. You might not get one the first hunt, yep. but keep yeah. trying, you know. I've got a lot more stories that ended in no success and not having yeah. um, harvested any animals than I do that <laughs> – that that where we did harvest something, yeah. um, or when the trip goes horribly, horribly wrong, and then somehow you pull our it out. mountain Virginia <laughs> trip. Yeah, yeah, go back and listen to one of the first episodes. Uh, me and Chad. So that's another thing, like that we talked about in the elk uh, hunt this year was that. So you were there for that, and that was my first ever hunt. Um, and then you were there for my first ever western hunt. But before that western hunt that we did together we did a i got a wild hare and wanted to go off in the mountains of virginia and on public land and try to shoot Mm -hmm. a deer and just kind of camp and everything we were just truck camping and stuff but that was my first little hour first for a little foray into public land big game and uh (laughs) it got hairy there for a second Yeah, reflecting on that one (laughs) you know i'll 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 take my my uh, lumps for blowing out my boots on the last trip because I can honestly say I might have blown out my boots on trip, but I've never put a bullet into the transmission of my truck. Yeah, there's still a hole in the bell housing of my Tacoma from it a thirty thirty like round gun getting dropped in and the lawn. There's so many, yeah, so many full circle moments there's here a too. Track record. Okay, boots. Yeah, track record with firearms. But hey, also that gun that I shot a hole through my truck with was. Uncle Jim's old thirty thirty. This is true. And for the record, I hadn't shot that thing much, and I thought <laughs> that in my mind, for some reason, after every time I ejected a round, I needed to let the hammer down, you know, physically pull the trigger, which is stupid, I know. But so that I was going to unload the gun, and I was every time letting the hammer down before, and Slip. I just was going too fast, and I just, and it just yeah. popped. Well, so that, anyway, that was, it. and we laugh about it now. But in the moment, that was terrible. Oh, that we was were, it, I was moment. on like negative in the scale of happiness. But at the same t- time, your gun was pointed at least not in a particularly totally safe place, but away from people. <laughs> yeah, not yes, at a human. <laughs> but anyway, the truck worked, and we ended up, I actually shot a deer the next day. It was. So yeah. it, we, we went out of there, our heads held high. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. And I tell you what we used to do, we we were talking about loving this and it it becoming a, a part of your lifestyle of life. We would head out. We couldn't wait after the holidays for springtime. And we would head up there and build fires, take our sleeping bags and a pillow, and just throw it out on the ground 
and and just spend the night up there and camp out. Hope it the, wouldn't rain. We didn't yeah, have weather and, radar and on the our open watches. Stars, just just mm-hmm. to get out the freedom of being out in the out of doors and in the nature. And we did that numerous times. Just go up there and, you know, just. Yeah. just oh, in the winter during deer season, too, with snow and ice. Yeah. Get so close to the campfire that we'd end up in the morning waking up with big burn holes in our. Where the, yeah, the ash, the ash from the fire would come down and <laughs> burn around our head. It'd almost be like an imprint <laughs> of where our head was, it's where those ashes were here. would go all around yeah. us. But <laughs> I know. It, okay, uh, this, this just came to me. This might be kind of going in a deeper direction, but. Thinking back on that first camp or that camping trip we did when we were kids, if you were, if you go back now and tell yourself something at that age, when we were our boy's age, what would you tell yourself? About that particular trip? No, no, just like life. Mm. Go ahead if you want, or I can. Go ahead. Okay. I would say that um, if, I had to talk about that experience. I would say that live your life to the fullest. You don't know when your last day is going to be with that individual or that person and get out with your, with your family, get out, spend time. That's one thing about COVID is I think a lot of people that are not used to um, a unit with themselves or being in an outdoor a picnic type situation or camping situation where it's just a family unit mm-hmm. or whatever. I think that taught them and how to do that. Uh, I look back on us back in the time and we were doing stuff like that. You yeah. know, we um, uh, were sharing family yeah. uh, adventures together and, and things mm-hmm. of that nature. So, yeah, I would build off of that one as well, Hunter. Um, you know, not not getting down on soccer, not getting down on team sports, basketball, you know, lacrosse, any of that. But a lot of the kids in your neighborhood, our neighborhood growing up, on weekends went off to the special soccer events. In fact, some families would have two and three the kids. travel teams and Travel stuff. teams, yeah. And um, while we gave you guys opportunities, you played – football uh, megan did some sports uh, i never like when i was a kid never really gravitated to sports but when you were taking me hunting it was like oh yeah. yes <laughs> yeah and i guess that's kind of what i'm saying you know um camping hunting fishing boating uh i i kind of feel like that a lot of kids uh might not remember the score of the lacrosse game or the score of the hockey game or even though they won kind of little championship or whatever we won state championship in football yay 13 games undefeated yeah. this is our 50th season yeah. uh 50 years ago we had that season yeah. and while we can remember some about that our memories of being in the outdoors are far greater than some of those team sports because it's more family i guess so again i'm not saying you shouldn't play sports i'm not trying to say that yeah, because but we did it's a combination of and then figure out which ones your kids like the best because when they're so gravitates towards an activity for recreation or for uh, hopefully in Hunter's case for a job, a lifestyle, uh, you know, that's something you should, uh, you should help, help nurture. And uh, so that's what so we try to do in me. Like when too. I was young that like I was really into. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Much more than sports. Yeah. I think also uh, you, you, yeah, you just love being out. Uh, I think, wasn't that the trip you all ate a snake? 
Yeah. yeah, it was. I remember I was sitting here today. I was thinking about that because our kids are, you know, they were out all day. They were, but in those lull moments of the day, you know, they still wanted to kind of watch their iPads or phones or whatever. And I was like, when I was, I remember I was thinking about that trip. I was like, I was literally outside flipping a rock right now, killing a snake and grilling it and eating it. <laughs> and I was scheming. I was figuring out how to get you to eat persimmons. You guys and- did. They talked me into eating a green persimmons. My mouth was like numb. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's- yeah, I think you can see it in your kids. I think you can see that certain kids like certain sports or certain kids like book clubs. I'm not saying it's all got to right. be about athletics or sports or hunting, but uh, when you see that passion, you want to give your kids those opportunities, especially in the great outdoors, because that's, that's harder to do now. Maybe it's more expensive than it was. I don't know, but it takes heavy parental involvement. You're just sure. not on the sideline going, sure. yeah. Right. you got to be in there you got to set the tent up you got to get the supplies yep you've got to look at the weather you've got to plan the, you know we call it forethought <laughs> you got to plan right. the trip yeah and then bring the whole family into and it and like you're not hunting at that point you're like making sure your kids you know good and trying to give them a good experience so i mean it's a sacrifice so like you know thank you guys for getting us into it and uh that's cool it's it's interesting seeing it now you know from the other end you know but uh yeah. The the out of door part, we experienced not just the hunting and fishing, but our actual first experience of camping, and in the freedom as young men of being out in nature, young boys figuring <laughs> things out for ourselves, yeah. scheduling our time uh, around camp and everything. I think we were like twelve years old, thirteen. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, wouldn't your parents dad, like drop you off on a Friday yes, and be like, all right, dad, pick you up on Monday? This was, this was during spring break in April, and we got out. But my brother, my older brother, 19 months older than me, Jeff and I, my dad took us up to the land between the lakes. We got a picture you maybe could show on that at some time if you're yeah. doing pictures. How old were you guys on that one? About 12 years old. Yeah, I, I think I was in the sixth grade, whatever age that's that. Pretty, that's Fifth pretty grade? 11, yeah. Uh, 11, 12, yeah. sixth grade. And uh, he yeah, left right. us. He left us out for the whole weekend. He took us mm-hmm. up on a Friday, helped us pitch our tent, and uh, then he drove back into town. An American flag, twenty-seven <laughs> cool. miles away. Yeah, we had a flag mm-hmm. flying, and we had our grocery list. We, I mean, our food supplies. Well, our we water had supplies. we had a full about seven dollars worth of groceries for the weekend we bought, including big cans of spam. spam. That's right. <laughs> we Which... were, we were the first. I think to try that. Yeah. And, well, we could. We ate. We ate a, about a couple of cans of spam. We're like, oh, oh this isn't so good. Yeah. We met the Hoopaw family right down the hill. A family, a young family. There, they yeah. showed us how to grill it. Well, grill it? We never thought about that. Oh, that would make it way yeah. better. Yeah. Oh, but, it was really but, good, actual grill. Yeah, but but point being is, I think it in our blood. It got in our blood from that point on, because of the freedom. And y'all, you know, young young men at, at 11, 12, 13 are starting to grow and, and wanting to expand out. And I think that right there just showed us that, you know, we were capable of taking care of ourselves and didn't have anybody there to tell us what time to go to bed, yeah. uh, what time to get up, what to do, what not to do. Yeah. And it just got in our blood, Hunter. Yeah. We just... And like from that point on, we were hooked. Going back to the sports thing too, I mean, like especially like I played football and lacrosse, like, and I knew this when I was a kid. Like, you can't ever really play unless you like go play pro or something. You can't play real football. You know what I mean? Like, 
I'm sure you could probably find some club or something, but you know what I mean. Like, it's not like something you can do the rest of your life. Can't carry it on. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I think that's a really cool thing about hunting too. And also, I mean, um, if I didn't have those foundations of you know going duck and goose hunting as a little kid, and then working my way up to to bow hunting and deer hunting and stuff, like I would never be able to do what I'm doing now. So um, I don't know it's cool. And I've talked to a lot of adult onset hunters, you know, that tried to get into it as adults or want to. It is. I mean, not saying it's impossible, but it is very hard. So it is important to pass it down to your kids and make the sacrifice of doing the work and, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's it's also it, not just a sacrifice. It also is enjoyable and it's another cool level of doing it. But And I'm going to say this since you were talking about youth and things. I know that we have developed a youth hunt across the nation now, whether it be deer, turkey. They have a special... Uh, one or two yeah. day youth hunts, hoping to get young people involved in the outdoors and hunting. And I'm going to have to take it to another level or next step and say, that's fine, but don't just worry about taking your child that one day or two days and then leaving them back at the house and you yeah. and these people hitting the, the trail by themselves. Get your children involved where you like my dad did us we hopefully did you all and you all are doing your get them involved and keep them involved yeah uh not just for one day or two days but for the whole season yeah uh as much as they can uh yeah i think i remember one time dad going on a hunting trip and be like oh this is just it was an overnight i think it was meet up with you and mcfall maybe in texas or something a deer hunting Mm -hmm. and that was like the one time and he was like no this is just kind of a guy's trip can't go this time Maybe one or two other, but like almost every single time we went hunting, you were taking me. So, yeah, I just kind of made that part of it that, uh, because also because you always wanted to go. Yeah. If I had, you know, if I had to kind of force you or drag you, I might yeah, not have sure. done that, but you always wanted to go. I do think too that with your kids, as you're starting them out hunting, they're not going to be like you. Uh, yeah. I don't care how much they love to hunt later in life. Uh, they're little kids. They're going to get hungry in the blind. They're going to get cold in the blind. You got to kind of listen to them. If you just drag them and it's just, you know, terrible for yeah, them. Yeah, make it a terrible experience. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, some, and some of them are not quite ready to see uh, what you did today. Uh, you know, uh, had blast to blast the head off, off of a goose right feet. in front of your kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I did the same thing right after that. Yeah, but some well, kids Leon's aren't used to seeing deer that. deer and cut deer up and stuff. He's yeah, some kids just... You know, so you got to kind of think through that in, a little bit with a yeah. little bit about it. I remember the first time you were with me, took my daughter Megan, her sister, fishing, and the uh, the brim ate the hook, and we had to kind of pull the hook out. That was it. She said, "I'm yeah, done." Never dropped the fishing pole, walked away. Never, never again. Touched it again. Some people just aren't cut out for that, or you got to kind of bring them along slowly, thoughtfully. Yeah, okay. that's right. Well, I'm trying to figure out how to do it with Leon too. Go ahead. It's like today. So the boys, we were out there at, what, 6 a.m. Mm -hmm. um, they were troopers this morning. They made it. Yeah, they were good. Um, whenever the hunt morning hunt was over, we had a good morning hunt, came back, lunch. Boys were around here. Everybody rested up. When we went back out this evening, they were they were a little worn down. They were, yeah. they were getting over it. So for the last, you know, probably hour when it probably should have been prime waterfowl time, the boys they were just they were stir crazy at that point yeah, in time we so there was a lot of basically wrestling joking around and and giving one we another hard time and, oh dude and, we were we and, would get in 
huge fights in the blind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, out in the and, sand on the sandbar, and, rolling around. Yeah, it just. But that's right. It's yeah. it's you know it's it's finding time for them. They're they're not at the same level we are at this point. Yeah, in time. they get colder faster, probably. That's right. whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah I remember you putting huge form. socks on me in the duck blind and like feeding me coffee when I was probably way too young for coffee to keep me warm. Yeah. 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 The first one, the first goose hunts I took you on, uh, it was so super cold. And I didn't probably prepare exactly right. I think I had some candy bars. So he, he's, he's whipping down like about three snicker bars, a couple of Hershey's. And I look over and his eyes are glazed over. <laughs> and he, he's so over sugared. So I thought freezing cold. He, he might go into a coma. So I decided I better get him to run around the blind. Then I think he ran out and got the goose. And the goose actually started attacking him. Huge greater Canadian. Huge. Which, where's well, that you're kind of now? melding a couple different stories. But all those things did happen. Oh, that wasn't the same hunt? I don't think so. The ones where I got attacked was the first time I shot a goose. Okay. So and it was, it was wounded. Really and I went out there to get it. And, like, and you still had that goose. You chased st- me. You still had that goose yeah. uh, mounted, right? Mm-hmm. That, was yeah. a, that, that was a huge goose. Twenty. I bet it's 20. 20 pounds? It was 20? like the size of me, practically. That's the one you had over your bed in your bedroom for years. Mm, that's so a bit that's a yeah. big goose. So yeah, that's that's funny. So many yeah. memories coming up. Yeah, and you know, I mean the uh, Kevin and I've talked about this. I mean, um you just can't be safe enough. These boys here, they get so tired of me talking about safety. But probably it's probably because there's probably about five or six hunts I probably shouldn't have made it back on, yeah. including the time I came in the middle, pretty much the middle of the night, pulled you and a buddy. Yeah. Uh, Stranded. We were in a flood. Water, yeah. Um, the car drowned out in backwater. Yeah. In the bottoms, huge. And, uh, we were stranded there, sure. Yeah, man, it's coming up fast. And you and Dad, Lord in. blessed us. We got got out, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you got to kind of watch it's all part of the kids adventure and, too, though. Yeah, right? That's that's right. Right. That's Me right. and Hunter got stuck <laughs> on a marsh island on a uh, the first a, time you ever took your boat the out. first time I took the boat out because the people at the marina decided, oh no, it makes sense install a new mud buddy motor on this and gas it up for them, level it out, test drive it, just don't put any oil in it. So yeah. we're out there, uh, brand new, first run, gassed up, mm. gassed up, and everything. And then halfway across the island, the motor just yeah, shuts shout down. Shout out to Todd Barnes if you're listening for Absolutely. rescuing us that day. <laughs> and uh, so, anyways, luckily, Hunter We've knew all had some mishaps. Hunter knew a guy, mm. and we were stranded out there. I don't know what we would have done oh, yeah. um, had your buddy not motorboat us out some uh, mm. oil and it put it in there and it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you just can't be careful enough, but at the same time, you still got to get out and enjoy things. And uh, I think you can take calculated risk and be yeah. safe. And, you know, the weather is so much easier to know about these days. And I don't recommend getting kids out in, you know, little 14 foot John boats on their first hunt, which your dad yeah. did us with about this much water getting ready, this much of the boat showing out of the water with ice. And Yeah. But, but it's the other hobby, too, where, like I said, you know, maybe the pinnacle of if you're into soccer unless you're like the one percent of one percent of you go pro or something the pinnacle is like college ball or something right um with hunting like if you continue it and continue to grow in it you can mm-hmm. go on some real like awesome adventures yeah. and you can be an old guy like him really an old man That's and right. still be hunting yeah. and yeah but a mind full of memories and beautiful scenery i had never really American been extremely west till you all gave me the opportunity Our to Wyoming go hunt. to wyoming and, uh, you know, it's just something that 
I'll never forget. It's it's it was some of the prettiest countryside I'd ever seen in my life. Uh, the experience of the people, the culture, the food, the terrain, the wildlife, uh, yep. and and that's what people need to experience. They need to to, to you know get out of their comfort zone, yep. get out of their neighborhoods, or get out of the little farm field that's beside them, and go about an extra 100, 200, 300 miles down the road. Yeah. Plan a trip yep. somewhere like you took us on um, public land, mm-hmm. and you and Chad both wound up taking your antelope, first yep. antelope. And, uh, and I got to witness that. And when we got out there, to be honest with you, your dad and I, we went out before you all, mm-hmm. and we kind of charted. We knew the area and the zone that Scouted we had. Scouted it out a little bit. And so we mapped it out before we got out there. When we got out there, we started looking around. We knew it was going to be tough. Oh, yeah. And I just didn't, to be honest, I didn't think it was going to happen. <laughs> I you didn't have faith I mean, in because, us. now, we could see antelope. Why, because you weren't was, seeing many of them? Or? We, we did, but it was, on, like, private, it was on, like, okay. private lands. Yeah. And places that we knew we not in our zone in our area, and uh, I just didn't have a lot of confidence. I thought, man, it's just going to be tough. It's not easy. It was a one point unit, but like you said, it was we did it all ourselves. We got our point. We went out there, signed up. You and, did well. You did well. Uh, yeah. You got out there, and you know you and, and persistence. And, yeah, y'all. I, I will have to say, it's a young man sport. In the sense that don't wait till you're 68 years old yeah. to try to get out there and run the mountains. I'm telling your TV viewers now, go while they're young and experience it while they can. Yep. Uh, but we, you know, just just seeing you all, we would scope, uh, spot, I mean, and then when you all would locate something, it might be a mile away, and you all would just drop, throw those backpacks on, grab your rifles, and take off. <laughs> we went up that, that big hill. And you can watch this hunt, by the way. The The video quality ain't great because I had to throw the camera to Cuz over here. He doesn't know what a blown out guy <laughs> okay. No, but anyway, the video's on YouTube, and uh, it's pretty cool. And we did some podcasts about it, too, I think. Yeah, and, and but it, to see and experience you all doing that, yeah, um, it was just really cool. And... Um, I, I just think people need to experience that more. They, and if they haven't done something like that, they need to do it. Very well said. Thank you. And that brings me to, so he was impressed that we did that when after that antelope, think what he, if what he'd seen what we just did in New Mexico, <laughs> he wouldn't have believed it. Yeah. I so mean, no, it, now let's, now I oh. want to shift a little bit cause I want to mm, get your, yeah. your, your thoughts on this New Mexico hunt because so coming full circle from all this, me shooting holes in my car and dropping guns and now coming to not saying I'm some expert hunter, but pulling off a elk hunt, you know, DIY, we did it ourselves. And I want to get your whole take on the whole thing. It was next level. I mean, so <laughs> no joke, Hunter, how much I've grown up with you, hunted with you since we were our kids age. So middle school age on, and the amount of growth that you've had professionally as a hunter, as a sportsman, your knowledge, your skill level. It, hard work. I, I'm, I'm just blown away um, Thanks, by it because, I mean, you've far surpassed me because you no, really it's not have. not about surpassing. Well, it, you know, I, I'm older. 
I mean, so, you know, I always kind of had that, hey, you know, it's, it's my little cousin. But, you know, whenever we went out in the western part of Virginia, I was the one, hey, no, look, you want to look down in the ridges. <laughs> you know, you don't, because you, you got the call of the wild, you struck off up there, and, you, yeah. you know, you just wanted to go charge and take that mountain. And so I had a little bit of experience on you. Yeah. Man, in New Mexico, it was clear who where the experience was. It was with you. And, um, the what you go accomplish on these hunts and the physical like strain and what you put on your body it's it it's dad's right it's not a young man's game it oh, yeah. it takes a lot of uh work to stay in shape and condition and you know it went from flying in from virginia beach yeah. zero level i mean we're at yeah. sea level um and, and you're not like out of shape or anything but you don't like train for hiking and absolutely and- not <laughs> and so flew in and just a little bit of context too so when i found out i drew this hunt i was just coming off a really tough bear hunt and i was i'd been putting too much pressure on myself i didn't have any fun and it's just like and i was thinking about this hunt and i was like i was sitting out in idaho after the hunt thinking about it, just kind of going over my head and I was like, should I get this, like, some kind of industry friend who's really good elk hunter? Or, like, even, I was even thinking about, like, trying to get someone to, like, maybe, like, a paid guide. Just things that bouncing around my head. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to invite Chad and have fun. <laughs> you know? And just, like, do it. And I was like, so it worked out. It, and we did. And, yeah. I mean, it it, it was right, fun. So take me, take me again through it, like. So. What was it like? <clears throat> like, what was your take on it? So this was the shock, right? I went from no elevation to flying in and the base camp by the time you know got there in flew into el paso and by the time i got there so the base camp was like what six thousand yeah foot and, elevation and way drier than you're used to also it was and so the dryness didn't bother me yeah but then whenever i got in there that night about eight o'clock we'd been there two days already scouting yeah. and so i you know made my camp and then we get up at four o'clock the next morning and I can't see anything around me because everything's dark. And then whenever through my headlamp, I look up and I'm to walk up this and there's no end in sight up this pitch black hill. And I just, <laughs> did we tell you the night before we were going to climb that the next day? Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And oh, <laughs> about 400 feet up, I'm just, <gasps> I'm like, I thought I was dying. I thought I was, I, I'm just going to fall over and just tumble down. I didn't this know hill. you were struggling that hard. Oh, man. Cause I, woo. So, but it was the elevation because yeah, it was yeah. the day one. It was the elevation. It was me getting acclimated. Um, but even that, the up and down that day. I don't day, remember I was waiting on you too much. I mean, I think I stopped a couple times just to look like, and me too. I was catching my breath too. I mean, when, yeah. I mean, no. You, you, it you wasn't all, nothing. You all, uh, y'all were gentle and nice on me. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it wasn't nothing, but it was probably what? What do we think? It was six hundred feet. Yeah. And it was pretty steep. Yeah. So it wasn't nothing, but um, but you you did good, man. I mean, there were a couple times where we had to do some stuff that that you kind of like hung back a little bit, but barely. Well, but it also made sense to hold a hang back because he had the camera, you had the gun. Oh yeah, exactly. Another exactly. Uh, me trying to. Uh, belly crawl behind y'all this it, is it, true this is true but i gotta i gotta just... bring this up <laughs> so we were talking about boots earlier oh, um no. as soon as chad gets into camp i make him pull, i think i was telling you guys this i make him pull out all his gear and like just to inspect it just to see what he's got and he pulls out his bo- boots and me and kobe my cameraman just b- both look at each other like 
this ain't good. <laughs> and so what was that day two they blew up on you? So yeah. Um <laughs> so came off. it was it was day two and it was so we had gone five miles in. Yeah. And so day two uh, And we're so, chasing bugles, so yeah, I mean we did was, a couple fourteen mile days, I think. Yeah. I mean, so it's not like I just walked a mile and then they fell off, fell yeah, apart. Right, right. I mean, it and was, this is rough terrain. Too. It was very rough. Um, so volcanic, yeah. razor yeah, sharp rocks. About five miles in <laughs> on um, on day two, uh, my you were pursuing an elk, yeah. and my uh, my the sole of my right boot came off as I was following behind y'all, and I had to hang out behind that, and so I had to make my uh, walk of shame yeah. back to base camp five miles with a busted boot. He had to go all the way back to town and get new boots. But you think mm. this is a recurring Chatelier thing with the boots? I don't know. No. Well, <laughs> it actually seems like he got the boot smarts yeah. because he was smart enough to, to keep the insulated. the insulated and give him <laughs> the... Uh, so. Well, I think that brings a good point out, though, in this all. It's kind of like being prepared for these adventures and the equipment that you choose. And it's kind of like you pay for what you get. Yeah. And I think that that was a good, I mean, I know your boots had been used and they had held up and, but they're, they make special boots for special terrain. And I think people really need to kind of, yes. Footwear was the number one thing I said to him every time I was like, boots, I'm just, I'm not, I'm just telling you guys out there, if you're going out west, invest in your boots. Well, I think that's one of the good things you've done, too, Hunter, on your show. You've, from time to time, gone through various uh, clothing articles, equipment articles. Yeah. 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 And uh, I think as you've uh, worked with your sponsors, too, you've always tried to pick the quality sponsors, the people that you could really stand behind their, their equipment. And you're using their equipment and giving them feedback, et cetera. So that's it's yeah. a nice It took service. me a while to find good boots. It's not easy to find good boots. Western hunting is not the whitetail Western Kentucky hunting <laughs> that no. I grew up, that I'm used you're to doing. It's not your it, daddy's hunting? It, it, no. it, even, <laughs> even up there in Livingston County, those limestone bluffs and the well, LBL. Well, what about you, Kevin? Tell you about your dad, your experience with your dad killing uh, an elk yeah. in Kentucky. Wait, hold on. Right? I want to stay on this for a second, though. Like, what was your experience about like the style of hunting? How did you think about that? Oh, So that was the second elk hunt that I had been That's on. That's true. So t- and, talk real quick about that. Mention that and, for... And so... It was a, it was a different type. It really was. Yeah. So, um, out there in New Mexico, it was certainly a uh, natural. I mean, it, the elk had been there. They had their their habits, their routines, um, their environment, and it was a locate and pursue. I yeah. mean, a Spot go a go get them type right. thing. Uh, in our Kentucky hunt. Elk were so my re- uncle Kevin drew a Kentucky elk tag and killed yeah. a nice bull. They, yeah, yeah he. It, it was a fantastic hunt, successful it was hunt. A six point bull, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, that's that's one thing is when I came back to Kentucky from down south, is my dad had been out to Colorado and pursuing elk out there and, and never was successful, and so. 
they had started restoration. How many times did he go? Do you remember? I think he went twice. Okay. I think he made two trips out there. And um, they I remember had he started, always had that bugle tube hanging in his great oh, room. Oh, sure. They, and and he, he hunted hard out there. Um, when I came back, they had started a restoration program in Kentucky, and they had brought the elk in, and the herd population was up to somewhere around 14,000 by the time I actually got drawn. In the year that I got drawn, I think they said that there had been like 37,000 applicants Jeez. for the state, and they drew 400 of us, and that was muzzleloader, bow, rifle, okay. cow, and You bull. know, Virginia just started doing that like two years ago, right? Well, I'm going to tell you, and if you get an opportunity, you ought to do it because – Here's what's happening. We have tags. no major predators. Right. And they're saying that what our our elk is probably going to wind up being one of the world-class World Series elk brought out of there. Because I don't doubt it. of no predators. No wolves. Right. Like Idaho has just been decimated by wolves. Yeah. And Colorado, so, they just released wolves. Did you see that? No, I didn't know. Yeah. So they put them out. All the liberals like voted to release <sighs> wolves. And it's going to... A lot of well, people think it's going to decimate the deer and elk, but... And... and Chad had an opportunity to come make that hunt with me. Yeah, yeah. And he came out, and um, I think it was our fourth day. And the area that we're hunting, that that fourteen thousand deer or elk, I mean, is in a restoration area that's the size of Yellowstone. Hmm. And so it wasn't easy. It took us four days of getting up every morning at four o'clock, four yep. thirty, and we didn't come in till dark yeah. at night. And uh, and it was it was it was hard in the sense that uh, up in the eastern part you're in the Appalachians. Yep. In the, in Kentucky, when you get up into the eastern part of the state, and so it was pretty mountainous terrain and all. And but we did it. We we I took a six by six and um, got got it uh, mounted, got it on the wall, and uh, that was the extent then yeah. of basically my elk hunting. So we were going dark to dark too. It, I mean, we but were... it was a different dark to dark. And, and what I mean by that is yes, we, we hunted hard. Um, but <laughs> Ural's was a, Hey, there's an elk two miles over. We're going to go over these two ridges and we're going to go pursue. Yeah. It was not that way yeah. in in our Kentucky hunt. It just it it wasn't. It was certainly a vast big area, right. um, but it was a, a, a more time hiking on this one. Yes, yeah. in in the New Mexico in the Kentucky, we were certainly out there. Um, the guides would get us to different locations, and then and they would cow call. And mm-hmm. one thing that I wasn't familiar with, and I'd researched quite a bit because I never really elk hunt was that it was like turkey hunting, that the bull elk actually will leave his herd. He'll come out and round the cow up and take her back. So they actually will pull the yeah. bull into you. See, that's and, that's what I was going to say is the Kentucky, that's exactly what I recall is. And we had get success. Set up, and then once you're in their area, you they would they yeah. would come We were to not you. doing any calling. Mm-mm. We were, because where we were, there was just bulls literally everywhere yeah. with, with harems of cows. So we would just get up to a high point, see them, and then just try to figure out how to get in position. Yeah. And yeah, we sometimes we'd see them two drainages over and hike over to them, and then that wouldn't work out. And then from there, we'd see some like two more drainages over, and we'd go over to that. And that's just how you do it. And then by the end of the day, though, you got to walk like whatever it is, seven eight miles back to camp. Yeah. yeah. Um, Physical fitness, though, you guys, yeah. as you said, uh, 
Chad's uh, in great shape, although Chad also has a very stressful job in a major city as a overall budget director for a city. So, uh, you know, he's like a lot of you out there watching. He has a day job and then two kids. And mm -hmm. uh, but he uh, you toughed it out. You made it made it work. Uh, Hunter's able to work out a little bit more because yeah. your job. I, it's basically I have to have to yeah. be in shape for if I'm trying to do this. So yeah. it, that's like part of what I, you know, my daily thing. But yeah. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, it was like, because um, I knew, you know, that Chad's a hunter, obviously. Um, but I don't know how to, you know, maybe more of a, just not as crazy whack job intense as I am, hunter. <laughs> so, like, normal hunter. Um, so, I knew it would be like, you know, um, kind of a adventure. And there, I was, there was one time where, kind of like today, we sent our boys off to walk a little bit by themselves. I had to sit, we sent him back to camp after his boots blew up. Um, and I was looking at it after he left. I was like, dang, you know, for me and Kobe that do this all the time, just a two mile jaunt or whatever, two, three mile back jaunt back to camp um, is, is nothing, but he's never done it alone. I sent him off with Onyx, you know, uh, breadcrumb trail to follow. But still, I mean, you know, in the heat of the day in the desert alone, you know, not boot. Busted boot and not really doing that much. That was probably kind of a little bit nerve wracking. It could have been spooky. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you were you were fine. Oh yeah. But it could have been. You know. Yeah. I I knew I was gonna be fine yeah. going back. I mean, but it was a try stretch out of your comfort zone a little bit. Is all I'm trying to say. Day two, I was not near as confident yeah. and knowledgeable of the. But you did it. Of the land. All I knew is, yeah. The day before, we were on that ridge line over there hunting and i knew yeah. i was over on the other side so i knew somewhat in the general direction yeah so but then we finally got it done mm -hmm. yeah that was a great it's only a great five video yeah it's only a five day season so i mean it's it's stress it's kind of stress you know pressure to get it done quick but it hmm. was cool that's short yeah and then you had another tough hunt that you went on right after that yeah. you didn't even have a that's, break that wasn't a good idea i went directly from that drove like 18 hours to montana and then did a really tough hunt there. And I was just so kind of worn down by halfway through that hunt. Like your body, man. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's such a drain on you, like to do it that much. I mean, yep. it's good memories. And I think, um, I think you described it, um, best of there's two types of fun, right? Yeah. And well, I stole I, this from somebody, but yeah. Okay. But anyways, the way you described it to me was, perfect on that hunt because yeah. this is oh type one and type two type fun. two yeah. yeah and that is certainly that where you know sometimes you're just in it and it's like oh i was tired oh in the moment sometimes it's terrible yeah but was, you look back on the whole experience and it's like that was an awesome experience wouldn't trade it for anything yeah. right because the the sucky parts also add into why it was a good experience if you don't have that sucky part the good part's not because there was a low point of this hunt where it was pretty low yeah your all's boots i'm sure it wasn't fun having freezing feet back that day yeah it wasn't it yeah. wasn't fun having to oh it was like one of the lowest moments for me i did not want to leave the field all because yeah. of a stupid boot yeah, that you were day mad, dude, i was so mad but i, I had to and i yeah. did it and you know we you, were even like dude you have to take care of those boots now or it's going to be even worse like, oh i'd have been go. oh he called me yeah, yeah. and I, I thought what's chad calling me <laughs> for he's supposed to be with you yeah. up in the mountains 
And he was on his way into El Paso oh, okay. to the boot store, get a new pair of boots. <laughs> get a new pair of boots. He said, Dad, my boots blew out on me. And I said, no. You know, something you got to think about, and especially on the podcast or the people watching this, um, you know, all this hunting doesn't have to be, you know, this kind of hard, the hardest, most ridiculous hunts in the world. And so kind of, again, in terms of appealing to a large cross-section of people, uh, just the opposite of that. My cousin comes up from Kentucky. We're here in Maryland this week. And, uh, you know, uh, I think he's been, what, didn't he say he had a slight fever or something like that? He had 97. A little, little bit of, little little bit of a cold here. Not, yeah. So we window hunted. Mm. So you're... Your people here go. They probably sit think in we're their crazy. warm, nice man cave and look out the window. Watching well, the geese. we might be in the dining room looking out the window. We may have to right. walk into this room and look out the window. These beautiful windows here, but uh, you know, especially waterfowl hunting. When you we, all week we've watched thousands and yes. thousands of birds. We watched great migrations. We had one of the biggest uh, goose Canadian goose migrations today that I've probably seen. We haven't had a chance to talk about that, but there was probably. 20, 30 lines, I call them lines, I don't know what anybody else calls them, just those wavy lines, very high geese, lots of ducks, and uh, just oh, 10 days ago, got good weather up north, pushing the birds down, but, uh, you know, a fun thing about, you know, hunting as a young man uh, or woman, when you're out fighting these elements, uh, it, it it's a, a sport that just sticks, sticks with you forever, and you can kind of hang around a cool hunting lodge or a cool house or uh, a well done blind. We had a nice blind. We don't have heat in it, but we could easily do that. And uh, you still all get that. out and sit in tree stands. We ground blinds I, mainly. Right? I do. Yeah. I do. Tents. Yeah, I, I, I don't climb in trees like I did when I was your old yeah. age. But I set up my ground blinds and I still get out and I pursue. I haven't deer. sat in a tree stand in two years. Okay. Isn't that weird? I would like you to get back in a tree stand because I still owe you one. From the time I was hugging on the tree, gumming down the tree, he reaches up. There's a rope or something hanging off and pulls it down and dislocates the tree stand. Now I'm hanging on the tree, and all I can do is slide down the tree. Oh, my God. Because I can't recover my tree stand, and my shirt's now pulled up, and so the tree bark is going down my stomach, and oh. I'm screaming the entire time. He's laying on the ground rolling and laughing. Oh, but, uh, I haven't just, heard that one. Yeah, Gosh, oh, yeah. The Baker amazing tree stand. Here. I know. Yeah. It, um you know just just the camaraderie and, and the fellowship and it is, i think yeah. that's what it's all been about that's what it's all been about yep. that's why i wanted to have chat on that hunt that's not, like not some big elk hunter guy or something yeah that's like this week us us hunting from the the outside rooms or whatever yeah. here at the house we've killed our share of ducks and geese and not that we'd mind shooting anymore but it's it's nothing that we have to do to be feel successful or to be completed or or yeah whatever we this is, this is kind of interesting on that point i i just not this is the first time i noticed it but this is the most i ever noticed it where it's like i can tell i'm getting old because i like, legitimately didn't care about like killing anything on this hunt it was like i want to hang out with you guys hang out with the boys take them hunting you know like i, I guess i have a really strong killer instinct or something because <laughs> even up till like a couple years ago like when I get out here, it's like, I just want to freaking kill ducks or, you know, whatever. I'm kind of like, Ugh. It showed in your shooting. 
<laughs> that I oh. lost my killer instinct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it probably did. Well, there is that but, 200, but this is a little more relaxed situation than all what you've been through in the last couple right. of years. Right. It's just with your nice to have like a fun, family, yeah. relaxed yeah. hunt. On That's what it should be. Going no pressures. If you're saying, oh, we got to walk 15 miles today to chase these geese, well, we wouldn't have liked that. And, so glad you're not. And to your point, and you're, you're exactly right. Whenever for it for Christmas or whenever we were in Kentucky for Christmas, Gabe, 11 years old, um, took him out to a ground blind to try some predator hunting, right? Just yeah. just to get out, just to have a little bit of fun, set up the call. Yeah. And it wasn't it was really cold that day. Um so just what 45 yeah. minutes an hour in the blind just sitting there and to this day Gabe laughs thinking about your predator call tail and and how it, it, it was sitting there black tail going. yeah black tail with a little white on top like and, sylvester the cat that's yeah. what he kept saying this is like a bugs yeah. bunny cartoon he, he looked over he whispered <laughs> my ear he said i thought i told putty tat <laughs> so, but he had fun and he won't fun, forget it and he won't forget yeah. it and, and i bet you next year when we come back all we have to do is say you want to go predator hunting and i bet he'll say yep. yes let's and i bet go. the boys had fun today too you know oh, i think yeah, yeah, yeah. coming full circle with it um is it what's it like seeing i guess now after bringing your sons into it now seeing your grandkids out there well while he's thinking about that today when you guys we were watching as these guys were heading out uh at daylight and it's pretty foggy this morning so these guys kind of headed out the two of them because we've been having some ducks mostly mallards but today it was a couple of wood ducks kind of working early right at shooting hours the the property and so they went out to do that but they took the boys and they told the boys you guys go this way down around the field around some crops come back up around the blind and they went to the some of the water features out in front of the blind but we were sitting there looking at that saying look at that they sent the boys that way that's kind of fun that's kind of cool and just watching these two go this way and these two younger men go this way that was chad's call i was like oh you Cause he was, Gabe was, didn't want to walk. And I was like, let's walk out there. And then, um, and then you kind of said, all right, boys, are you sent Gabe? And I was like, oh, you're, okay. And I was like, all right, Leon, follow Gabe, hit the tree line, take a left. And, all, and I was like, all right, you doubled up. You, you sent him alone, huh? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and it was one of, I, I'm glad y'all noticed that. And I'm glad y'all didn't run him down on the four wheeler thing. Oh, no, good. Uh, because whenever we went around the water feature, I got a snapshot of I called Hunter over to the other side of the blind and we could peek out and see it and to see both of them walking down that road towards <laughs> the blind I pulled out my phone and took mm-hmm. a picture of yeah. it it was one of my favorite memories yeah, cool, and it was yeah. both of them cousins side by side just two two young men yep walking towards the blind to get to work yep. that evening and I thought it was a, a cool moment yeah. independence third generation independence. of McWaters Chatelier's well mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Chatelier's, yeah. independence yeah. Sure is. It's great. That's cool. Well, we, just, we appreciate you, man, having us. Uh, well, he's a little bit older. I'm a little bit young. I'm quite much <laughs> younger than him. Uh, but having us uh, come and hang out with you guys. One uh, year. Oh, yeah. One year. A lot of guys uh, your age would want to hang out with your buddies and, you know, maybe party a little bit or whatever. And our big party has been uh, homemade chocolate chip cookies the last two nights. Hey, uh, those are good. Yeah. And uh, some great food, um, and you gave respect to the ducks today. Who wants to talk about what you, how you cooked sure. the ducks and the geese yeah, today? Uh, Uncle Kev cooked up the ducks and geese. Yeah. How'd you do it? We did a little little uh, honoring of them, and I think last year and made the boys try it. Of course, yeah, 
Sure did. Did a little honoring there too and cooked up different sets of ducks and geese and yeah. You actually Great. hit the uh, goose breast with a tenderizer and that actually, and then they just seasoned it and threw it on the grill like a steak. And I was skeptical. I was like, you're going to eat it like that? You're just going to throw it on the grill? But after tenderizing it, it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Medium. That's the secret. Yes. Medium. Don't uh, overcook. A lot of people overcook their game. Medium. And left the skin on too. Yep. And that kept it from drying mm-hmm. out. And then with those duck breasts, treated the same way. Put some um, seasoning on it, tenderized it, um, left the skin on, and then you hit that with a did an extra layer of bacon yep. on those, and then thin slice it. Those were good. Mm. That's yeah. neat. We'll, we'll have to keep the tradition alive. Do some more trips, you know, and uh, keep it going. Any other final thoughts, though? Anything? I think we were talking last night about maybe. A trip coming up uh, and we kind of bounced around uh, it's to be continued but we talked about maybe doing a little uh, fishing up north yeah. maybe for a summer trip or going back and uh, maybe doing a little big game hunting yeah. somewhere maybe you came up with a good idea antelope hunting out of archery the line get on a water hole and do archery antelope yeah, water hole uh, antelope. Because that's how a lot of people hunt archery antelope yeah. is they'll sit water yeah. and blind. So mm. I know a guy actually that, Trey, I'm going to hit you up. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's to be continued. Yeah. Good Lord willing. Because you didn't get your antelope. He had a tag, yeah. Yeah. but we weren't we were able to fill two out of three tags. Well, he got but, close, though. That's a story yeah. for another day, man. He did yeah. get yeah. close. That, that's yeah. a whole that's other right. adventure. It's a little he, hard. he almost Don't got one of the does that was with my... Without your rifle. It's a little hard to shoot an antelope without a gun. That's right. But so he <laughs> wasn't one of the does that was with my buck oh, into yes. the road. Yeah, yeah, came around. Yep, and he and was you, out of the truck And you all had warned me. Yeah. You all had sent word down to us because... Watch out for those does. They're wanting to circle around and mm-hmm. come back on this buck. And uh, anyway. We'll, well, we'll get you a buck next time. There we, <laughs> there we go. All right. Anything else, guys? That was a good one. Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah. Um, that was fun. We'll have to do another family one sometime. That was cool. Yep. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. See you on the next one. Bye-bye.